Well, another day has passed since that short, sharp shock from Jerome Powell. Well, it wasn't really a shock at all, was it? But the markets now seem to have taken on board what he had to say. And locally in Oz, bond yields are pushing higher too, in part because of those higher than expected retail sales numbers yesterday. And today it's German inflation numbers ahead of the Eurozone numbers tomorrow, then US jobs with the job openings numbers today and non-farm payrolls at the end of the week. We'll look at all of that, plus what's pushing oil higher and why the euro has fallen back below parity this morning. It's the morning call for Tuesday, the 30th of August, 2022. Good morning. Well, quite a leap in oil prices this morning. WTI is up almost 4.1%. Brent is up 3.8%. It was over $105 a barrel earlier, which is the highest this month, just before the month finishes. Dutch gas futures have eased off. Yesterday at close, they were up to €340 per megawatt hour. Now they've dipped to a little over €272. Obviously still scandalously high. Uh, US short shares have fallen, a 1% fall in the Nasdaq, a 0.6% fall in the Dow, a 0.7% drop in the S&P 500. Those falls speeding up towards the close in trade and falls in Europe too. The Eurostoxx 50 off by 0.9%. Not surprisingly, energy companies are doing better than most. A 2.3% rise in ExxonMobil, for example. Bond yields are pushing higher. Ten-year treasuries up seven basis points. Two years up just four points. Uh, yields are rising faster in Europe. They're up 11 basis points for ten-year yields in Germany, France and Italy. Australian ten-year yields were up nine basis points to 3.66% yesterday. And since then, on few Futures. You can add another five basis points to that. And the US dollar, pretty flat on the DXY. We've got a small increase in the Aussie dollar, just nudging over 69 US cents for a short while, then back down below it. The Canadian dollar is up 0.2%. The Japanese yen down 0.8%. The pound down a third of 1%. But the euro is up 0.3%. And it, today it's Rodrigo Catrill joining me from NAB in Sydney. So a much bigger move in bond markets, uh, more of a sell off than we saw on Friday after Jerome Powell's comments. So, what, they've taken it in now and, uh, you know, had a chance to absorb it and now they've decided they're going to respond? (laughs) Morning, Phil. Uh, Yes, and I suppose the the one thing to to note is that the the move up in in U.S. yields in particular and European yields, but U.S. US yields was during our time zone, uh, during the APEC zone. So certainly Mm. it's a reflection of sort of Asia catching up to, to the weekend news. And, and pricing in the, the, those um, that that impact through to the U.S. Treasury market, but um, uh, and of course when Europe opened, also kind of trying to cut, catch up to the news over the weekend, um, which wasn't just about Powell, but also some hawkish rhetoric coming coming from ECB speakers as well. But I mean, when it comes to, I mean, he made the you know trying to make the point that you know we, we're not going to drop rates next year. That, that there's still some drop. Uh, priced in, isn't that? And if we look at CPI swaps, so look at the the inflation rate, the expectations for the inflation rate, uh, that's fallen below three percent for next year as well, down to two point nine percent. I think it's the first time that it's been there for quite a while. So, I mean, is that a sign that people are saying, well, okay, it, uh, the investors are the, the, the market is is pricing in the fact that it's going to work next year. We, we're going to start seeing it fall. And the Fed, therefore, will see that they can drop, even though they don't know it yet. They can drop uh, by maybe half a percentage point next year. Well, uh, yeah, suppose what we've seen, particularly um, over Monday and Friday, is is that uh, that front front end yields uh, have moved up. So the pricing expectations of rate hikes 
have moved up uh, for for the Fed. Um, and as you mentioned, um, when you look at, for instance, the pricing of um, uh, the Fed funds rates uh, by December next year in 2023, it's been a steady rise and, and continue to rise uh, between Friday and, and Monday as well. So um, to your point, however, there's been that inversion that we've seen in the curve is now starting to ease a little bit. It's still inverted when you think about uh, it's, it's essentially a, a 25, 30 basis point rate cut from around March next year to December next year. Uh, but certainly that, that was a more pronounced, uh, uh, but it has been reversing, uh, particularly not only because of Jackson Hole, but ahead of Jackson Hole, we've seen that move up in yields as the market was gearing up to this sort of hawkish message uh, uh, that Fed Powell delivered. Right, and, yeah. and I suppose one of the other interesting reactions, which is what you kind of alluding as well, is that now those inflation expectations are also starting to ease with the market thinking, well, an aggressive Fed is going to have an effect in the sense that it will uh, close, you know, ease that demand uh, and, and, and bring down price pressures in, in the process and, and probably a recession along the way. Yeah, I was going to say how much of that is recession. And that would explain why equities are down today and why the VIX is higher because it's it's up over 25. It's not been there for, well, it's the first time since July. It's been up there and stuck. Uh, so the equity markets are very shaky, which would sort of point to, you know, the, the, this fear perhaps of, of recession. Although you'd also expect that, that perhaps oil would ease, but it's not. Oil's up today. Um, well, yeah, so a couple of things. Obviously, we, we haven't yet touched about the European news, which has been sort of regarded as positive. Uh, but again, the, the negativity, if you like, uh, in the equity market, particularly when you look at U.S. equity futures, uh, was quite significant during the APEX uh, session, you know, with the S&P futures down over 1%. Um, and when you look at the price action overnight, there's actually been a recovery in terms of that negativity. Um, and whilst the S&P is still closing negative, um, it's, it's recovered quite a bit to be around, you know, down 20 two percent. So it's been a nice recovery, if you like, or during the US session. Uh, the market is still digesting uh, what this all means and what it means for, for the outlook, particularly for um, the economy and, of course, for margins in the equity market. Uh, but certainly it, it is it is a bit of a, an, an uncertain and, and, and jittery environment at the moment. And, and why is oil up so much today? Well, we've seen reports coming from uh, Iran uh, saying that because uh, we've got to remember that the Europeans are sort of very optimistic that this proposal will come through, um, whilst at the same time the U.S. is not. And, uh, and then Iran says that the revival to the nuclear deal is likely to drag, drag on in, into September. Um, so we shouldn't be expecting any imminent resolution or increase in supply for, for oil prices. For, yeah, for I'm surprised we would actually see any response because the Saudis have sort of said if we, if we see increase in oil production, then we'll just lower our quota, That's right. didn't they? So, you know, uh, really, would it make too much difference? Look, you, you mentioned that there's news from Europe and you made it sound like there's good news. And I, susp I suspect that is because you're looking at uh, this news that Ursula von der Leyen is saying that the EU is working on an emergency intervention uh, for the rising energy prices and a structural reform of the energy market. She said she's going to try and decouple gas prices from electricity prices. But you know what? Uh, she was saying that. That was in the news back uh, back in March and nothing has happened since then. Um, well, yes, but this, this time it appears there is a, there's a little bit dif the difference here because uh, the Czech Republic has been driving this uh, reform and, and price cap initiative. Um, and after a meeting with the German Chancellor, um, it appears that it has support and expectations are for a meeting to occur for a European summit, if you like, emergency summit to occur early in September. Um, and with um, 
the ECB commissioner also supporting the, the move and, and, and talking about an urgent plan that, that she will actually reveal more details later this week. So uh, certainly there, there's, there's a lot of movement. Now, the other point about this is that whether it will be effective, that's another question. Um, mm. But certainly in terms of the price action, um, a 20% drop in, in gas prices is uh, helpful. Um, uh, it's still very but much elevated. I mean, uh, yeah, and, I mean, it's a, it's a day and how much did it rise last week? So, and, you know, it's, <laughs> It's volatile. Or even over the past few months. That's yeah, right. So, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but certainly it's providing a little bit of stability in what has been a, a really one-way traffic in terms of prices. Um, so that, that is encouraging. Um, there's also been some headlines uh, overnight suggesting and emphasizing how the Germans uh, in particular have been very successful in uh, filling up their energy storage, uh, their yes. gas storage. Amazing, um, actually. So it's so going a lot faster than expected. Yeah. Um, the, the one caveat here, of course, is that even if they manage to, to you know, fill up all, all the reserves, um, uh, it doesn't take them through winter. Uh, they still mm. will need uh, more supply coming from Russia. And of course, that is the, the big uncertainty, particularly bear in mind that Nord Stream will be cut off yet again uh, later in the week. Yeah, and will it open again? So Ben Van Burden is the, uh, the chief of Shell. Uh, he's been in the press saying that uh, he reckons rationing might be necessary, not just this winter either, but for a number of winters. So uh, he says Europe needs to start thinking about having no Russian gas, uh, but not giving in, in, in any alternatives as to, you know, how they're going to do that. And, you know, well, part of it, of course, is getting uh, liquid natural gas and uh, natural gas from uh, from the US. But the US is getting concerned about that as well. They're starting to get concerned about how much gas they're shipping off to Europe and whether that's going to cause a, a push in their in, in their prices. Uh, so, uh, you know. Whichever way you look at it, you know, they, there's not an easy answer, is there? There's not an easy answer, and it's not a quick answer either, which is uh, one, one of the reasons mm, why we remain so be. cautious about, you know, the outlook for Europe in particular. So let's look at what's happening in Australia then. So we had retail numbers yesterday, absolutely punched the lights out. Before we look at that, though, let's look at Aussie yields because they're rising again. Uh, so um, the, the markets are now pricing, pricing in a cash rate getting to 4% next year. Three-year yields up 14 basis points yesterday, up to 3.35%. Uh, which is the highest since June, I think. So that suggests we are expecting a steeper increase in the cash rate. Yes. So, and and part of that not only has been sort of the uh, the, the hawkish rhetoric coming from the Fed. Um, what we've seen so far, particularly this year, is that Australia is kind of following others in terms of the path of rate hikes uh, and the aggressiveness of those mm. those rate hikes. So that's one factor. And the other, of course, is is those retail sales numbers that were extremely yeah. uh, strong. You know, the market was expecting a positive read of 0.3, um, and we got a positive read of, you know, above 1.1%. So um, it's, it's very punchy, uh, it's very strong, very solid. 1.3% month on month. So that is more than inflation. So that is people, it's, it's not just uh, prices rising, it's people are consuming more, clearly. Well, yeah, so, so that's, the, that's the argument. There, there is a price uh, effect on all of this because the, the numbers are nominal numbers. Um, now, arguably, if you mm. think, okay, well, how much is inflation on a monthly basis? Uh, it's not 1%. Um, at the moment, but certainly there's a little, little bit of variation on how those numbers get calculated. So um, the 1.3% rise on the month um, does, have, does include a, a fairly chunky bit of, of inflation, but arguably that, that a real number will still be positive and, and it's showing that the, the consumer yeah. remains very resilient, notwithstanding those concerns around inflation. Um, and again, it's a reflection of a, a, a you know, a very strong labor market, which is still expected to become stronger. 
Um, so on, on yeah. that background and on, on that outlook, um, you know, you can see why the market is now sort of become a little bit more aggressive in terms of expectations for RBA rate hikes uh, over coming months. So uh, next it's uh, Europe inflation. So we get the German CPI ahead of the Eurozone numbers today. In July, the year on year number for Germany was seven and a half percent. So if it's higher than that, um, then the ECB is going to be kicking up that expectation for their next rate hike, aren't they? Because it's a question mark between 50 and 75. If we if we get a high CPI read for Germany, and I think the German number tends to be um, uh, what it, it, it tends to be bigger than the European number, doesn't it? Just by nature of the the, the size of it, or does it work the other way around? I'm not well, <laughs> not it, quite sure. It, it, it hasn't always been the case, but obviously the the mm. energy dependency that uh, Germany has, mm. uh, and and that you know the gas story has made inflation uh, in Germany higher than than others. Uh, um, but I suppose it will set the tone for expectations for tomorrow. And of course, the, the big issue. And one of the takeaways from, from Jackson Hall has been those hawkish ECV messages that we, we, we got from some of those uh, speakers. Um, um, and then overnight we had, a, you know, the, the chief economist, ECV, uh, Lane, um, supporting the idea that further hikes should be expected, but pushing back to this notion that uh, aggressive hikes should be expected. Um, Elaine mm. was talking about the idea that we, we need to expect and an, an steady increases in, in, in hikes. Uh, and as we move towards that terminal rate, um, but um, he he was more supportive of, of multi steps calibrated in a series rather of smaller numbers rather than big rate increases. Um, so so that's right. important because he's also considered to be extremely influential in in if you like the inner circle um, and pushing back a little bit on those rhetorics or messages that we have from Schnabel and others um, during during Jackson Hall calling for a 75 basis point hike. Uh, but as you say, today or rather later today in terms of those German inflation numbers and tomorrow those inflation numbers coming for the European zone uh, will be an important factor in terms of how this debate is resolved before their meeting in December. Now, uh, the Fed will no doubt be looking at the, the jobs numbers that we get this week uh, in the United States, starting with the JOLTS numbers, the job opening, so, uh, which is useful because we get what the, 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 not only how many jobs there are, but how many hires there are, how many quits, how many separations, all, all, all important for getting an idea of how the labour market is moving. We get non-farm payrolls, of course, on Friday as well. And it's back, the ADP jobs data. It's all new and revised and fresh. That's out uh, in between the two of them as well. So lots of jobs numbers, which obviously the Fed is very concerned about because they want to make sure that we're not going to see uh, runaway uh, wage inflation happening. Yes. And uh, as you know, Ray likes to say, you know, part of the solution to this inflation problem is, is actually a softer labor market and, and, and softer growth. And to, to mm. fetch a Powell's point, it's like, you know, we have these energy supply constraints, uh, which are not going to be resolved very quickly. And therefore, if you want to avoid inflation, we, we probably need to grow below trend for, for a little bit of, you know, for an extended period of time. Um, so, yes, so those those numbers around the labor market will be important. The ADP number, I suspect, um, you know, the market will be cautious on how to interpret it because it's a new number, it's a new methodology. We don't know. The previous methodology wasn't that reliable, so we'll have to wait and see you know, details and how exactly the, the numbers look like to, to, to become a, a good source yeah. of guidance. Well, it can't be a trend with one number, can it? So <laughs> anyway, but uh, it'll be interesting to watch. And uh, we're a gaggle of ECB speakers as well today. Uh, I mean, um, 
you know, it, does it matter what, what they're saying? I mean, if the EU isn't coming up with a fiscal solution to the energy crisis, I mean, that is their real obstacle, isn't it, obviously? Well, I, I think it does matter because um, central banks have been very clear that um, if you have inflation that is running at extremely elevated levels, uh, they have a blunt instrument, but they're very much committed to to using that blunt instrument. Inflation needs to mm. be uh, brought down to a more reasonable level at any cost. Having inflation yeah. running elevated for an extended period of time is not an outcome or a better outcome, uh, and therefore they need to be aggressive. And, and at the moment, but given that so much of it is energy, it's got to be in 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 unison with whatever is going to be done by the EU, hasn't it? It can't be done by monetary policy alone. I would I, no, I, I would no, suspect. it can't be done alone, but it still needs needs to be aggressive. Yeah. And and the market is still, you know, pricing sixty five basis point of hike uh, for yeah. the eighth of September meeting. So. You know, it's still debatable there as to whether 50 or 75 is the case. Right, we've talked for too long. We're going to get into trouble. Uh, we'll catch you again <laughs> sometime soon. Thanks, Rodrigo. Cheers, Phil. And that is the morning call from NAB for this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll be back again tomorrow morning. Have yourself a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>